The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host, and I cannot tell you how excited I am about today's show. Um, but I will tell you in a couple minutes. Um, before we get started, I want to thank my guest from last week, Gabrielle Dolan. Gabrielle is the co-author of Hooked, and we had a great conversation about storytelling for leaders and how to create a great business story. I highly recommend you check that out on the on-demand library on the Story Powered page. Um, some great tips and also some some great info on why um, stories are so effective in leadership. So um, please check that out on the Story Powered page. But don't do that just yet because I have an amazing show for you today. After the story of the week, I'll be talking to one of my favorite authors around story, Annette Simmons, and we'll be talking about how to inspire and influence, as well as about a crucial leadership skill, which is story listening. But first, on the story of the week, we have a guest from one of my favorite businesses. So we have my favorite author and one of my favorite businesses. So I feel a little bit like Oprah today, um, although um, I have all my favorite. I'm sharing all my favorites, but uh, don't check under your chair because um, it is radio and I don't have Oprah's budget. So no special surprises underneath that. But it's a it's an exciting thing for me to be able to talk to you today um, to talk with WestJet. So WestJet is a Canadian airline. Uh, you may know them because they are quite famous for their wonderful, inspiring. Christmas stunts and stories that they share, which their owners surprise guests on flights during Christmas. And they recently did a uh, really cool Valentine story, too, highlighting some of the destination, one of the destinations they fly to. Um, so today we have Robert Palmer, who is the manager of public relations at, at WestJet. And Robert joined WestJet as manager in to, of public relations in 2008 after leading the communications function at the Calgary Police Service. He was the manager of public affairs and media relations. And at WestJet, he's responsible for all external communications activities, including media relations and social media. And prior to launching his career in strategic communications in 2001, Robert spent more than 20 years as a journalist working in print, radio, and television in the provinces of Quebec, British Columbia, and Alberta. So welcome to Story Powered, Robert. Hello, Leanne. Hello. So glad you could be here today. Well, it thank sounds you for like the you have a, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm delighted. So it sounds like you have a fun job. I do have a fun job. Sometimes I think I have the best job in the world. <laughs> so tell us a bit. So obviously, um, you know, the show is about story. And, and I love WestJet, I mean, partly because I've flown with you guys and it, you have outstanding service, but also because of your storytelling approach. So can you tell us a bit about the story history at WestJet? And, and also, I'd love you to tell us about your new initiative, too, please. Sure. Well, we, we've been telling stories for 
Oh, gosh. The better part of about 10 years now. It, it goes back into the mid-2000s where um, we used to create experiences uh, for uh, largely really to, to have fun with our guests. And, and as you mentioned, uh, one of the things that people enjoy uh, about flying with us is that we are fun. Uh, and we like to have fun with our guests because... Uh, some people feel that uh, air travel just isn't as much fun as it used to be, uh, particularly after 9-11 um, right. with the security, heightened security regulations and so forth. And, and they're all in place for good reason, but it's, it certainly has had uh, a bit of an, uh, an impact on the fun aspect of air travel. And so uh, we, we still very much like to have fun with our guests and, and telling, telling good stories about the way in which we, we have fun with them is, is very much part of that. So uh, first and foremost, I guess we were known initially for our April Fool's stunts. Uh, oh, and, right, and we, yes. Yeah, we, we, uh, that told a great story, obviously, because we like to kind of poke fun at ourselves and, and, uh, and uh, suggest that maybe we have certain products uh, coming up that we, that we don't. Um, uh, one of the most famous ones would have been uh, a service that we offered called Cargo Kids, and that was where we uh, we spoofed people into thinking that um, that they could put their children down below in the baggage holds uh, <laughs> and have a, have a nice quiet flight. Uh, Brilliant. Up, up, up top, and uh, and how many took one, you up on that? I bet a few. <laughs> you 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 would be surprised how many people actually phoned and, and said they would like to book that service. <laughs> but uh, so we've been telling stories for quite some time, and we do think it's important. Uh, we we like to create these uh, amazing experiences for our guests, as we've done uh, at Christmas time, uh, and uh, and the Valentine's Day one, which I think you're alluding to, uh, which we uh, obviously just a couple weeks ago. Uh, we put together uh, for uh, for a couple of uh, couples uh, in the Toronto area, and that was kind of fun as well. It told the story of of how uh, we had found them. Uh, we found the guys shopping in a uh, ring store, a jewelry store for engagement rings. So we knew, obviously, they intended to propose to their girlfriends in uh, within a relatively short period of time. So we asked them if they were interested in uh, coming to Barbados with us and shooting a commercial. At least that's what we told them. But in fact, uh, the real story is that um, we were going to videotape uh, their proposals in Barbados to their girlfriends, uh, and the girlfriends didn't know anything about this, um, except that here's the twist. We told them when they would propose, and so right. they never knew uh, when, when the big moment was going to come. Uh, we had a, a West Jetter, as we call our employees, uh, down there with a ring, uh, and uh, every time uh, the couples or the, 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 the guys saw Ian, our West Jetter, uh, coming toward them, they didn't know if that was the moment that they were going to have to propose. And so it was a, a lot of fun, and we, we encourage people to go and watch it. Absolutely. And I encourage it, too, because that moment, um, they, the guys look so terrified every single oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> it's shocked really fun. and terrified. Yeah. Uh, they knew it, it, and that's the fun part. They knew at some point during their trip to Barbados that, uh, that Ian was going to hand them the ring. Um, but he approached them several times before that during over the course of several days. And each time he approached, the expression on their faces was just priceless. They thought, oh, my goodness, so this is it. This is it. I'm going to propose right now. And, uh, and, it, and it, it wouldn't be it. Uh, and then the next yep. day would come and he would approach them again. So it was, it's a fun story. Uh, it's a, it tells a really fun tale of, of the... Uh, um, 
the fun that the, the, the these couples had down in Barbados. And at the end of the video, there's a, a, two other videos, one of each couple that I recommend people see as well because it, it goes behind the scenes and talks about the couple's experience. Nice, nice. Now tell us about your above and beyond stories because that's a, um, although it's a departure from the kind of the fun stuff, it's it's the move right into the inspirational. And so it's, it's it, you know, and your Christmas ones are quite fun too, but they all always end up, you know, everybody ends up crying and tearful because it's so exciting and, and inspirational. I do anyway. I don't want to speak for everybody. I always cry. Um, but tell us about above and beyond. So so what's what's the project and what and the stories, what kind of stories are you sharing? Well, Above and Beyond is, is the latest incarnation of our owner's campaign. Uh, I think that people, if they fly with us or if they know anything about WestJet, they're familiar with the fact that we're known, WestJetters are known as owners because 85% of people who work at WestJet own shares in the company. So we very much have a, West, a vested interest in, in the way in which the company uh, performs. And so uh, we've always thought of ourselves as owners of our company. And, uh, and we, we like to think that, that we go above and beyond to create create remarkable experiences for our guests. We're very much a caring corporate culture, and it's a culture that's quite well known uh, for being fun, friendly, and caring. So uh, the owner's campaign uh, over the years has taken uh, many different forms, uh, and the most recent, we, we've decided to create a, a website called aboveandbeyond.ca, and I encourage people to visit it. It's, uh, it essentially warehouses um, a number of inspirational stories, some of which uh, we've we've heard ourselves anecdotally, and we've we've put up there on the website. But most of them have come from Canadians who have um, both in their own neighborhoods and and other workplaces and and their social circles. They've come across people uh, who are doing amazing inspirational things. Uh, for example, there's a story of a woman uh, in a neighborhood in Toronto who went out to purchase one of those large electric inflatable Santa Clauses that you put on your front lawn over Christmas. And uh, she started out just, uh, intention, her intention was to buy a small one, and she bought this gigantic, <laughs> huge <laughs> Santa. And, uh, and then uh, it, she inspired people all up and down her street to purchase these same large inflatable Santas. And so she created uh, a street, essentially, a a winter streetscape (laughs) with these amazing huge Santas. And all of a sudden, people who didn't know each other on that street and in that neighborhood began to interact with one another. And now uh, the neighborhood has transformed. Uh, It's really changed, and people know their neighbors. And it's a wonderful inspiration of story of of, of how a simple act like uh, going out to purchase something to put on your front lawn uh, for Christmas has turned uh, in a neighborhood basically into a community. That's amazing. And, you know, and again, um, I really highly recommend everybody goes and checks it out. It's uh, aboveandbeyond.ca. There's some wonderful stories there. I, I really liked um, uh, re- um, listening to Fred, who was 102 and still volunteering, and Josh, who is a, uh, a young man who took bullying, an experience of bullying, and turned it into something very, very positive. So I recommend everybody goes and checks those out. So we have an, uh, about a minute left, um, Robert. And I, I wondered, can you tell us, What's the impact on your business? Because everybody can go, oh, that's really nice. And, but, but what kind of impact does this have on your business internally and externally? Well, I think the, the main point uh, is that this is really an extension of, of our corporate culture. And, and it certainly does, without a doubt, um, 
broaden the um, the experience for people who don't necessarily know much about WestJet. So it it extends our brand, if you want to put it that way, uh, our our brand horizons further than they might ordinarily have gone. There are a lot of people who fly with us, uh, a lot of people who don't necessarily know a lot about us as well. And so this is another way uh, to to get our message across that that ours uh, is a different sort of corporate culture than than perhaps what people are used to in the airline industry. So it definitely does assist us uh, in broadening our horizons and uh, and exposing our brand to an audience that may not necessarily know a lot about us. Um, That's fantastic. And as we know, when people are happy at work, business does well. So thank you so much, Robert. Really appreciate you sharing that. And again, that website is www.aboveandbeyond.ca. Please go check it out. Um, And you can also go to the WestJet um, site, which is www.westjet.ca, I think. Is that right, Robert? Westjet.com. Dot com. Yes. Yeah, in terms of the stories, if people are interested in seeing some of those stories, they'll see some of them, as you mentioned, on aboveandbeyond.ca, but also on our YouTube channel, which is obviously youtube.com forward slash WestJet. Perfect. Thank you so much um, for sharing that with us, Robert. It's a, it's a truly inspirational business, and, and I've loved hearing about it today. Thanks again for coming. Thank you for the opportunity. It's good to speak to you today. Take care. You bet. So now I'm very excited to introduce my next guest, who is Annette Simmons. And Annette is, she believes in helping businesses, marketers, and institutions of every stripe uncover their truth and tell it. And Annette has been pursuing this goal for two decades. And she's worked with leadership teams across the world, um, from the Pentagon, the Brookings Institute, Microsoft, Best Buy, and PricewaterhouseCoopers. Now, Annette's first two books focused on uncovering truth in organizations that taught her the emotional power of telling your story. And that enabled her to kind of understand the clarity and power that story brings to messages. Um, so her groundbreaking breaking book, The Story Factor, which was um, 2001, was named by 1-800-CEO-READ as one of the 100 best business books of all time. And her books have been translated into 11 languages. So now she still continues to deliver keynotes, consulting and training, and helps organizations and individuals to tell true stories with both hearts and minds. And I need to tell you something about Annette's book too. Um, When I first picked up Annette's book, The Story Factor, I've read um, several of her books, but The Story Factor was my first. It took me a while to finish it and not for the usual reasons. I kept getting so excited by the ideas that I had to put the book down and let them percolate. So um, I guess what I want to share with you is the lessons in the book are that profound. And I highly recommend that you, you, Get it and savor it like I did. Um, there's a lot in there. So, Annette, welcome to Story Powered. I am so excited to be talking to you. It's fun to listen to the stories from WestJet. It is fun, isn't it? It's nice to see yeah. business really taking hold of it. They are obviously running running experiments and and finding successes. A lot of people, I think, get scared about storytelling, but um, it's so nice to see an organization really take it and run with it. I agree. I agree. So now we've got a couple minutes to the break. I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about your story. Well, those first two books you mentioned um, were after I had already had an international career and 
let me just say, international makes it sound like um, I deserved it, but basically, I'm born. I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, right. and um, I ended up marrying um, a guy that I met. Uh, well, I told my grandmother at a church social in New Orleans <laughs> the week I graduated, and went to Australia, which is where he was from. And the opportunity to experience all the different cultures and the fact that my dad had started teaching me psychology when I was like 13 or 14 years old. He was a social worker. My mom was a school teacher, and I really loved it. Those uh, combined into just a passion for trying to understand why people do what they do and why they don't do, and in many cases, what they said they were going to do or what they should do. And that revealed that storytelling can completely transform the way you see yourself and the way you see others. And so that led me eventually to uh, try to do a better job at that. Nice, nice. And and um, so if for people who haven't uh, read Annette's books, they are a real um, – a, a, bit of a deeper dive than than many books in terms of the psychology of story and the psychology of influence and and power and inspiration. So we're going to um so don't worry, we're going to hear lots from Annette in the next segment. Um so we're just going to take a little bit of a break right now and I encourage you to come back to hear more from Annette on how to inspire and influence with story. So I'm Leanne Pico and this is Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel and we'll be back soon. the boardroom to you voice america business network activate and grow your storytelling superpower with leanne pico of very good stories stories inspire stories engage and stories move people to action it's pretty powerful stuff story coach leanne pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader build a more powerful brand or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at Leanne at VeryGoodStories.com or check out her website at VeryGoodStories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hi, welcome back to Story Powered with me, your host, Leanne Picot. Before the break, I introduced you to one of my favorite authors around story, Annette Simmons. Uh, we also got to hear from WestJet, um, who are telling, are there inspirational stories and wonderful um, business model that they use to, to engage their employees. So um, we're back with Annette now, who is, Annette was telling us her a little bit about her own journey around story and, and um uh, you know, she did tell us about the story her grandmother believes about where she met her husband, and I encourage you all to keep that quiet. So, <laughs> so that's uh, important. Um, so we're going to talk to now to Annette a little bit more about story and about um, why it's so important. So, Annette, so you know, why do stories? We we're just before the break. You're saying how powerful stories are, and so why do they inf- inspire and influence in a way that facts don't? You know, that question um, gets a- could be answered in, in a thousand different ways, and I think it's really important for us to just sit in that moment. It's like asking, why does religion um, good? Or th- these are, are very complex ways of looking at it. But one way that's very simple for me is to look at it as stories speak to our minds and bodies and and it's in the the body's own language. So for instance, experience is the best teacher, right? Right. Once you've had an experience, then uh you you understand that point of view. If we could take a couple of members of Congress and take them on little field trips, <laughs> perhaps, you know, let yes. them go shopping on on uh a minimum wage, then they That's would right experience and thus never forget. But we can't do that. Kidnapping is still illegal. <laughs> oh, what darn we it. can do, what we can do is that we can tell a story. And what a story is from this point of view is is that a story is a simulated experience that's as powerful as actually walking in the other person's shoes. So for uh, social movements, when we can tell a story about what it's like, about the sequence of events, when we ex- explain in terms of the five senses, see, hear, smell, taste, touch, the brain imagines the experience in the theater of their mind in a way that can be just as powerful as a real experience. If you've ever, um, I, I I don't like scary movies, and after Jurassic Park, I literally could not walk. My body had been pumping adrenaline into uh, into my veins for you know two and a half hours, and it was like I was after a car crash. Of course, there were no real dinosaurs, but my body <laughs> yeah. did not know that. And so, storytelling yeah. can be just as real. That's one of the reasons why movies, you know take us uh, away and we can escape you know, into them. And you know what? That's, that's so funny you say that because, you know, it's, it's, it's actually funny in a humorous way, but also in a serious way because I watched a lot of those kinds of movies um, in my teens. And to this day, I'm terrified of driving down country lanes in case I break down and <laughs> all, have to go to some house in the woods. <laughs> I do not want to go to that house in the woods because I know what's waiting for me there. So um, you're, you're so right. They, they do sit with us in our bodies. And when you can tell a story that makes people laugh, which laughter, I think, is an underappreciated uh, uh, emotion 
happiness, if you will, joy, because that changes the amount of information that we're taking in. A scary story narrows our framework to where we're only looking at the threat. It actually limits what we can see in the same way that a guy with a submachine gun at the door of your office would limit what you could see. You'd you'd no longer know what so-and-so was eating for lunch. Right. When we laugh, we see more, and our perception widens to to be as high and as wide as um, what our eye can actually grasp, and it makes us smarter. So that's really interesting, and I I, I totally agree about the humor piece, and that's, that's something that I find important um, when I do training and workshops, and especially around story when you're you're talking about emotions, but I'm wondering, that's such a fascinating thing that you've just talked about in terms of creating fear. So on a, in a business environment, um, you know, one of the things that, that is the tool that is often used if, if uh, people are not performing or the company is not performing well is that people tell the story of what a terrible, what terrible things are going to happen if they don't um, change their ways. So, what how how does that work then because it, it like if you say like you're kind of a deer in headlights when you get scared i mean it seems bizarre to try and scare people into doing what you want them to do well the truth is that in the short term a fear story will work faster and there's no denying that if mm-hmm. if, if you want somebody to to jump the second you say jump, scare them, right. and it works. Uh, the problem is that over the long term, uh, you start bleeding IQ points because in that hyper alert, otherwise known as hyper um, inhibited state, then the focus, there's no lateral exchange of ideas and you end up with Territorial Games, which is actually the first book I wrote, mm-hmm, because right. people in fear seek to protect rather than connect. So and, when we... T- uh, oh, wow. I, Sorry, just can I just interrupt you there for a second? Because we were talking earlier with WestJet about culture being really an important part of, of their um, sharing of stories and the kinds of stories they're sharing. So I guess that would be the same in terms of creating a culture of fear. That's that's what I think has happened to our political uh, arena right now. Right. Oh, the, bi- yeah. the you know the partisanship. I'm working on um, publicizing that the army is trying to burn 16 million pounds of of you know leftover uh, propellant in in my backyard over here in Mendon, Louisiana, wow. and and the people on Facebook can't seem to stop calling each other's political parties idiots. Mm-hmm. And that's an excellent example of, of how this is in everybody's common interest that we don't allow them to burn this in the open air, right? Yeah. And yet they still are hooked in these these fear stories. And it's, you know, it's not our fault. We are, uh, we have emotional software that leans towards fear, because it kept us safe for thousands of years. Right. And we haven't been issued new evolutionary, you know, emotional software. Right. So there has to be an overt um, uh, force that, that works simply as self-discipline, something I try to do all the time, to look at uh, potential for connection and, and um, uh, well, those positive emotions. 
So what kinds of stories? So again, if we if we talk about fear, and it is, like you say, effective. So I guess people, you know, especially for folks who are results oriented and, um, you know, in many cases, quite like power, um, you know, that that's effective for them. They see in front of them, they see somebody scared and they immediately go and do something. But if we're trying effective to... Effective in the short term. Effective short term. Short yeah. So they even don't, a they, long They don't get to be CEO. <laughs> No, right, exactly. And that I guess that's the thing, right? Is that if you if you're looking at a longer term if you have a longer term view um of, of your business or, or your organization and you want to inspire and influence, because that's you know, that's a that's a way to enable that's people where- to su- succeed. Like what kind of stories do you need to be telling or what kind of approach do you need? Well, the the beauty of, of studying psychology since I was 13 years old means that, that I've explored uh, quite a few theories. I've, I've, I've worked with really wonderful, smart psychologists. I've studied social psychology, neuropsychology, and group dynamics. Specifically, you know, group dynamics have exposed more of the complexity or the solutions that fit the complexity of an organization. But the first thing people want to know before they will listen to you is they want to know who you are and they want to know why you're here. And they want that, they want to like both of those answers. We, because we have these, this tendency toward fear stories, just assume that anybody who's uh, calling us into a meeting and making a presentation will, you know, have some sort of, uh, agenda. They are, are changing our structure because they want us to work harder and, um, that's going to cost me rather than get me something. And so we just naturally are suspicious and cynical. Cynicism is even a, a, a status symbol these days. But the right. who I am story is something you can't walk in and say, hi, my name is Annette and I'm trustworthy because that <laughs> get, creates the opposite effect. That's right. But Trust I, me is the, tell- the worst approach. That's right. Yeah, so, but if I tell a story in which I uh, I uh, am acting in a trustworthy way, where they can kind of see, hear, smell, taste, touch the event so that they are a witness, then they decide for themselves that I am trustworthy. And with that decision, people people value their own decisions more than they value ours. So instead of saying I'm trustworthy, I give them a chance to evaluate for themselves with the story I tell. And that that you know, less than three minutes. I think any time you you make a presentation, you should have some sort of who I am story. The why I'm here story is a little different because. Uh, of the case in business specifically, and also uh, I'm working uh, on race relations as well, you see somebody who is not from your uh, group, and immediately there's suspicions about why they're there. Mm-hmm. The why is something that is a little separate to the who, because it's not talking about who you are as a person. It's actually tracking where you come from, and what you hope to achieve. So that instead of them assuming you have a hidden agenda, what you do is tell a story that demonstrates what your real agenda is in a way that's powerful enough that they believe. People don't want any more of our information. They don't want one more damn piece of information. What they want is faith. Yes. 
And and also um, in a key point that you just brought up as well, and it's again, I guess that's why the why I'm here story is powerful too, is that it enables them to decide whether they're going to buy in. And that's the right. thing I love about story. It enables people to maintain their, their own, like you say, they trust themselves more than others, and, and there's dignity there too. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, in a way, in the, the sixth story, but I'll go ahead and talk about it now, is that I know what you're thinking story. Right. And what I find is that with vision stories, which is a, a vision story is simply a way to make these frustrations that feel unbearable today make sense. Like right. if you have a, a bigger vision, then you can tolerate much more frustration, which is what work is. Um, but before you come up with your vision, I think it's important to validate how people are feeling right now. And when you talk about dignity, I think when we rush to this is what I want you to do, we skip the opportunity to to validate who they are and what their experience is right now. For instance, if the, the company's been restructured, you know, three times in the last two years, mm-hmm. a validation story, and what I call is an I know what you're thinking story, right. is a little trick that you can use and you talk about what it was like for you, perhaps, uh, through these restructuring and, uh, and the time that was wasted in a very specific way. Stories are always very specific so that it ignites the images and sounds in the brains of your listeners, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know exactly how I feel. Right, right. And with that shift, then they no longer feel like you're not listening. They have evidence that you that you already know how they feel, and you're validating it, and they can let go of that need to be heard and move into a place where they can listen. That's fantastic. Now, you mentioned there's a couple different types of stories there. Can you tell us the six? So one of uh, Annette's, um, you know, what I love about Annette's uh, work is that she's really clear on, on um, and kind of, it's, it's very uh, easy to understand in terms of these, uh, the story approach. Can you tell us the six stories that you, that well, you talk already, about? We've the six types? We've talked about who, who I am. Um, then why I'm here is, is another story. Um, we talked about the vision story, and we talked about the I know what you're thinking story. Remaining are the teaching story, and oh, crud, Leanne, you're going to have to tell me what the, the – uh, my brain oh. freezes. What's the six? <laughs> I can't remember the last story either. Actually, you know oh, what? We're going to keep it a mystery. We get, Everybody has to go to your website. I'll, I'm to going find to my out. website right now, and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> but those first five stories, I, it sounds like there's a process there, too. Well, I think that, you know, first of all, I want to I have a disclaimer. I want to say that, that there could be 60 stories or there could be of just course. one yeah. and, and only one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the sixth story is the value in action. Right. And the value nice. in action is 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 a very important story because a lot of organizations say we value excellence, we value integrity, mm-hmm. and yet if I ask them, tell me a story about a time when you know excellence uh, trumped out other values. See, you don't have a value unless unless it costs you something. Integrity, right. for instance, it is 
doing the right thing when it doesn't cost you anything is just nothing. There's no story there. But doing the right thing when it costs you either money or time or status, then that is a value in action story because it nice. illustrates that, um, you know, narrative in the larger sense is really about competing values um, or competing outcomes. There has to be a tension there. Unfortunately, a lot of people have gone straight to these sort of definitions um, where where they can fill in the blanks in terms of we value this and and it's it's you know they have a template that doesn't create good storytelling. I advise oh. people to go back to a significant emotional event, and that's the process that I use. And the who, why, vision, et cetera, is really kind of what is the situation? You know, what what do you need to do first? And they can come in any order. Um, and sometimes you have a story that may be a combination of three or four of these. Absolutely. And that's, um, we're just about to go to a break, but I just want to reiterate that because the emotional connection is what makes it authentic. And that word's a bit overused too, but kind of for a reason. So um, thanks, Annette. That's really great. So obviously, if you want to find out more about um, Annette and the six stories, and again, I highly recommend you you do because they're, they're very useful, practical tools for how you think about your storytelling, you can go to Annette's website at www.annettesimmons.com. And I also recommend that you go to Amazon and buy Annette's books. And seriously, you should buy them. Um, so we, I am Liam Pico, and this is Story Powered. And we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Annette some more about um, the one of the most powerful leadership tools we have, which is story listening. So stay there and come back soon. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth, and in general, people don't want to discuss their money. Until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are in sales, do you repeatedly face the same challenges over and over? Slumping sales, job security worries, trying to get your brand off the ground. It's time to come over to a new way of thinking. It's time for Stand Up, Stand Out, or Stand Down with Malcolm Evans, the Sales Accent Guy. 
You'll hear what works today to keep you at the top of your sales game and increase your business directly from some of the most respected voices of the sales world. Tune in Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, and I am um, regretfully in the last segment, because I'm, I'm having such a great time, chatting with Annette Simmons, who is the author of the best-selling business books, The Story Factor, and Whoever Tells the Best Story Wins. And before the break, we were talking about the six different kinds of stories and why stories influence and inspire. And, and I loved it. We had a really great conversation about fear and culture and and um, how, how they operate within a workplace. So we're going to now talk a little bit about, a little bit more about um, some of the work that Annette is doing, and then we're also going to talk about the uh, a, a leadership tool that we don't talk about a lot. So we often talk about storytelling, but we don't talk about the um, one of the most crucial ways to be able to be a great storyteller is to be able to listen to stories. So, Annette, tell us about the the work you're doing. Well, listening is how I first started with storytelling. I was in graduate school for adult ed and psych at my master's, and I went to the National Storytelling Festival in Jonesboro, Tennessee, and I realized I was doing my field work there. It wasn't, it was, I wanted to also do storytelling as well as they were doing, and I wasn't quite sure how to approach it, and I did workshops, et cetera, but what I learned was you can actually get better at storytelling simply by listening to good stories, mm-hmm. and The Moth is a, uh, is a uh, nonprofit that was originally, well, it's still based in New York City, but now it's international, and they have storytelling shows. Their byword is true stories told live. And uh, I'm real big about true stories. Um, I, I think that, you know, we, we need to leave the fiction to the, to the um, literary people. Completely and agree. People, yeah. people stand up and they tell these amazing stories about events that may be incredibly unusual and are really interesting, but at the same time, it is something that you can totally identify with. So I'm using these stories and posting them with comments of, oh, my gosh, did you see what he did there? Comments so that it ignites people's ideas and points out different uh, ways that you can do storytelling because there are a thousand different ways, and it's no good listing a thousand because by the, if you give somebody a list of a thousand, it's, it doesn't seep in. It's about right. experience. And so uh, the Moth has, you know, whether you go to my website or not, go to the Moth, download the podcast, or you can go to their YouTube channel. Some of the things, for instance, this, this um, most recent story, he starts right in the middle. So he says, I am in Tokyo, Japan. Well, that's a really interesting way to start a story, to say, to, to take someone to the present tense of another time. And right. we, we may not think of that all by ourselves. So that's one way to get better at storytelling, and it's the easiest. You just listen to great storytellers. 
Oh, and I, I absolutely agree because and there's the, a flow and there's all sorts of and again it's it's kind of like music. There's all different ways that that you can present your ideas and present um, the way you feel and, and connect with people differently. So now, so in terms of a business context, because um, when we look at workplaces and we look at um, you know the idea of storytelling, and again it's often about storytelling, and we talk about storytelling for leaders a lot. And so for me. The, the, the challenge around that is it's all one way, like it's going down. And um, I'm not really a big fan of, of top down only. There's there's stories everywhere. So in a business perspective, why is story listening important and how do you do it? In, um, in many ways, uh, storytelling has allowed us to uh, create a more circular um sharing of information and experiences. Uh, storytelling can be almost a philosophy when you do it in practice. For instance, you get a, a CEO, a bunch of senior managers, and they want to tell the brand story. And you ask them what the brand story is, and it's some flat, unexciting, overly positive description that doesn't stick because story needs tension. It needs to have, it needs to have push and pull in it. So, then we get a chance to send them on a story-finding uh, uh, path. And when right. they do that, it's transformative for them as leaders in addition to an opportunity for them to, to tell transformative stories. You can't uh, – perhaps there's uh, sometimes disdain for the people who are out in the field when – uh, the senior managers are protected in, in the cubbyhole of the ivory tower. But when they interact one-on-one with people who are directly doing the work or interacting with the customers, it is very clear that they're often just as smart as the senior managers right. and have a whole lot to offer. And so what I love about it is not really so much that we end up with this great brand story. That's great and that's good. But I think that it improves the functioning of the organization and it reroutes the lines of communication to go both ways. Um, and it builds respect in both directions. I you may agree. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I completely agree with that. And one of the things that I always um, talk to people about is, is um, you know, we have all these businesses looking for innovation, right? And it's always outside. It's looking at other competitors, looking at, um, you know, calling in consultants and experts and paying huge amounts of money to to find innovations. And and I always say that, you know, beyond the brand story, within your organization, you have a, a heck of a lot of people who know how to do things better because they're the ones doing it. And so the other thing about that I always love to think about in terms of that going story finding is an intent to listen to people's experiences and utilize it to make the company better. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, I always say that you start working on story, story starts working on you. And that's been my personal experience. I don't know if it's been yours as well. Yeah, it takes me over. I can't stop talking about it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it, it changes the way we interact with people, um, yeah, and then right. it thus changes the way they interact with us. One of the interesting things about innovation is that I've begun to adopt, I teach a course at Brookings on um, communicating for success, and I've, I've, I use this, um, you, have you heard of user experience design? Yes, yep, yep. They call it UX design? That UX and, design, that's right. 
Yeah, and and design thinking. Well, about 10, 12 years ago, um, I was uh, working with some Microsoft engineers, and I was introducing what I call story thinking. And sure enough, it's the exact same thing as design thinking because you have to, to focus on the user. And a lot of our committee meetings are not focused on our users <laughs> or customers. That's right. The innovation process that is outlined by IDEO in, in free downloads and other, uh, you know, design thinking user experience uh, companies basically begins with a discovery process that is not much more than uh, asking people to tell you their stories. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the, one the of the things, is, oh, sorry. Sorry, Annette, you go ahead. The next thing is that you look for patterns. And so uh, storytelling is at the heart of innovation when you look at it that way. I agree. And and, and the next, sorry to interrupt you there, it was where I got a little excited because <laughs> you're talking my language. And like you say, it's all about, you know, when, you, when you're in story, it's, it's you, you know, live it, breathe it and, and um, fundamentally believe in it. And that's one of the things that I think um, ties into what you're talking about, the user experience thing, and which is a lot of marketing uh, professionals now use the... Um, the tool of personas. And so, um, but it goes beyond marketing. And so with that user experience uh, process, when they discover the patterns, they can then um, create stories about the people they're trying to serve. And what I love about that is that in, in a way, they're almost creating a, a way of being answerable or accountable to the stories of the people that they're trying to serve. And so their communications and their uh, products and their everything goes to saying, you know, okay, we created a story of Laura who, um, you know, has an eight-year-old with an iPad and, and she has this. And so they, they always think about Laura when they're trying to create a new, um, a new uh, product. And, and it, 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 again, you know, I was in the nonprofit sector for a long time, and that was kind of the point. That's what we used to do a lot better than we do now, I would argue, is find client stories. And so that's right. how we would know what people needed because we talked to people about – we got them to tell their stories. I think people are very um, frustrated with the lack of structure uh, that storytelling has. If you put too much structure in it, it's just filling out a template. Right. And so I, I teach uh, the difference between thinking in objective ways and thinking in subjective ways. And uh, storytelling uh, falls in the subjective. It's about point of view. Um, right. And Traditionally, we have discarded subjective issues by saying, well, you know, that's subjective. And then <laughs> that kind of discredits us as, as something we don't need to deal with. The subjective is exactly what we need to deal with, is people's point of view and their perception. I agree. When it, And it, again, it, you know, I always talk with people about, you know, business you know, this whole thing that business isn't personal, it's very personal. And so is purchasing. And especially now, you know, I can, I don't have to talk to any of your salespeople, I can go online and, and find so you're going to need to like businesses need to connect with me in a different way. Um, and, you know, similarly for employees, now they're starting to revolt, revolt and kind of say, hey, we don't want to, um, we don't want to be told what to do all the time. So it's actually story, I love story in terms of it's a new way of doing business all around. All around. It affects everything. It's a paradigm shift. It is. And I, sh I said a new way, and I shouldn't have said that because it's thousands of years old. <laughs> well, yes, everything old is new again. 
That's right. That's right. So tell us in terms of, um, we've got a few minute, more minutes. So tell us some of your, you know, your top thoughts and, and tips for people who may not um, kind of use story now. How can they get into using story and get better at it? Well, um, like I said, I think listening to stories, uh, listening to stories from the moth, getting the podcast, there's also Snap Judgment. They're, they're, well, This American Life is a storytelling podcast. Storytelling is, um, is the most popular uh, uh, category of all the podcasts that are out there right now. Serial just did, you know, an amazing job keeping us all on, on tender hooks for 12 weeks as they told one story about mm-hmm. a cold case murder. It is, uh, so listening to these is, is where I would start first. It's very low risk. You just, you know, put some head, headsets on. And then next, I think that the first story you need to come up with is a who I am story. I think that if you jump to trying to tell a brand story, you skip the experience of both telling a story and being the subject of a story. When you tell the uh, a who I am story, which is basically what are the qualities that you bring to the table to this particular group or to the company, qualities that that are inherent in your personality, uh, values that that you abide by to an extent that it's significant. And then you look for uh, an example, and and looking for an example is real easy. And again, it's like the six. I don't know if there's only four. There may be forty-four, but I suggest four buckets. Look at, at a time when you shined, when it cost you to be that quality, uh, but you were that quality anyway. Look uh, for a time that you blew it. Often, um, you know, it's your voice describing how awful it was that you screwed up that convinces people that you'll never do that again. And people love, you know, the, the authenticity of a time I blew it story. You probably have a mentor that taught you uh, how to be the way you are and the values that you hold. Maybe tell a story about that mentor, or you can sometimes just lift a, a scene from a book or a movie, something that stuck with you. One story a lawyer told said, he said, the summer of my 12th year, I read To Kill a Mockingbird. And from that moment on, I decided I wanted to become a lawyer like Atticus. But more than that, I wanted to become a father, the kind of father that Atticus was. Oh, that's a wonderful story. That's a wonderful story. You know, that's three sentences. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So now we we only have a minute left. I can't believe how fast it's going. Um, But I wanted to give you the opportunity. So um, you have... um, not a new book, but a book you've um, you, you're, you've got a new edition coming out. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's right. The um, book, uh, Whoever Tells the Best Story Wins. I wrote uh, The Story Factor um, in 2000, and then this one came out in 2007. And uh, I knew I was, uh, I had an illness that kind of kept me out of action for, for three or four years. And I wrote this book to be a textbook for people who wanted to teach storytelling and, and, you know, couldn't hire me. And because I want, I feel so strongly about the work. I just wanted it to, to continue. And so the textbook, uh, 
has the six kinds of stories, and within each, the four buckets that uh, you can use to find an example. And I have uh, stories that are examples of all of these things so that by the end of it, you could, if you do the work, come up with um, 24 stories that you can use in a work work situation. Oh, that's the great. Edition. Thanks, Annette. Sorry, Annette, we're, we've, got, we've only got a, f- a few seconds left until the end of the show. So I just want to make sure we get everybody to your website to check that out. Um, it's at www.annettesimmons.com. And, and that's, that's coming out in May, is that right? Yeah, the new edition comes out in May of 2015. Perfect. Thanks so much, Annette. We, I so appreciate you coming to talk to me today. Great. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks again to Annette and to Robert Palmer from WestJet, who shared our um, the wonderful, inspiring stories that they're working on. And I want to remind you to tune into next week's show when I speak to Ann Day, the company, um, the owner of Company of Women, and Amy Hunter of Encore Coaching about being good enough. So this is Leanne Pico, and this is Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. We're back next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.